Hello, I'm Willie George. I want to welcome you to the Faith Roots Podcast. And before we get started, I want to remind you to subscribe if you haven't done that already. Be sure you ring the bell so you can get notifications and share this with somebody else. Let somebody else know. And then there is an accompanying email to go with this lesson. And all you got to do to sign up for it, it's free. You go to myfaithroots.com, subscribe, and we'll get that out to you every every time we do one of these. We'll have a companion email. All right, let's go to our text for this, and it's uh, Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 12, and I'm reading it from 26 translations. You had no connection with Christ. You were excluded from the commonwealth of Israel and outside God's covenants and the promise that goes with them. And these covenants are amazing. And it's so important that we understand the Abrahamic covenant. And there were several. There was a covenant God made with David. There's a covenant God made with Noah, a covenant God made with Moses. But the one that interests us the most, the one that we are a part of, is the covenant that God made with Abraham. Now Isaac, the father of Jacob, sent him to the homeland of his mother, so that he could find a godly wife. That's one reason. The other reason is that the twin, older brother, uh, Esau, slightly older, had sworn to kill Jacob uh, at first opportunity. So uh, there were a couple of reasons that he left. But uh, God said to him through his father, you shall not take a wife from the daughters of Canaan. Why is that? Because the Canaanites were steeped in idolatry, they were steeped in sexual deviancy and child sacrifice. I mean, if God is going to use this family to bring a blessing on the whole earth, why would you foolishly go marry into another family that has no concern for the things of God and uh, they're going to turn your kids away just as soon as they get the opportunity, just part of their nature? Uh, you know what? It matters who you marry. You know, my first steady girlfriend, and I and and listen, I, I wasn't the greatest guy, but, but when I got saved, it was a threat to her, and she didn't want to follow Christ in the way that I followed Christ. She had no use for it. So we broke up, and it was a good thing that we broke up. It was a good thing for her and a good thing for me. My second steady girlfriend was sweet, and she loved the Lord, but she wasn't really as on fire for God as I was. And we went together for a little while, but we broke up because I could tell that a whole lot of her relationship with Christ depended on me. Now, the girl that I met and eventually married was the one God wanted for me because she had a relationship with God all her own. And I knew that if I served God or didn't serve God, she was going to. And that's the kind of girl I wanted, and that's the girl that God led me to. And so it matters who you marry. Now, listen, if you've married someone and they do not have a relationship with God, Paul tells you, don't divorce them if they're pleased to dwell with you because you can have an impact on them and on the children of your relationship. And that's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. But um, Jacob honored his father, and he went to go find the woman that uh, his father was steering him toward. Now Isaac pronounced a blessing on Jacob as he was going, and uh, he was able to do that. This, this was not just something he chose to do. This was something that uh, happened because the Holy Spirit moved on him, and he was assigning a blessing to his son here 
by the will of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Genesis 28.3, May God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and multiply you that you may be an assembly of peoples and give you the blessing of Abraham to you and your descendants with you that you may inherit the land in which you are a stranger which God gave to Abraham. Now, this blessing of Abraham was meant to be passed from generation to generation. And here, Abraham has already passed away. He's already dead by this time, by, by a few years. Uh, but um, uh, he lived 15 years into the life of Jacob, overlap. But Jacob's quite a bit older than that here. So Abraham had passed, but now Isaac is passing this on. He understands this blessing I have, it didn't come to me because I generated it. And, and let me just say something to you about that too. All of us are standing on the shoulders of someone who came before us. And you always honor that and appreciate that. And you know, sometimes it's easy to lose respect for the people that you grew up under. And, and I, I, I've told my sons and the many young men who grew up in our church under my leadership, and I said, you guys see all the warts. Uh, when you're a kid, you grow up seeing all the gum on the bottom of the table. And uh, I don't see that because I'm, I'm not down that low. But you see it. You see th the problems in the organizations or problems in people and so forth. The leader doesn't always get to see that. But don't let that throw you off. Don't let that cause you to stumble. Take the best parts of what you were given and go on and, and honor God with it. So the blessing of Abraham was meant to be passed from generation to generation. So when you marry then, you think about your children because that's a big part of your walk with God. Now on the way to Haran, Jacob had an encounter with God, and he should have expected it. The Bible says uh, Jacob went out from Beersheba to Haran, so he's going toward Haran. He's, he's, he's going about halfway up the, the nation of Israel here when he gets to Bethel. And so he came to a certain place. Look at verse 11. And he stayed there all night because the sun had set, and he took one of the stones of that place, and he put it at his head, and he lay down in that place to sleep. Now he's traveling light. He's got very little with him because if you're sleeping on a rock for a pillow, then you don't have a whole lot of baggage. Uh, then he dreamed, and behold, a ladder was set up on the earth. And really this would have been a staircase, uh, but, but ladder is translated here in, in a lot of the Bibles. And it was set up on the earth, and its top reached to heaven, and there the angels of God were ascending, going up, and descending on it. They were starting from the earth, going up, and then coming back down to the earth. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham your father, and the God of Isaac, the land on which you lie, I will give to you and your descendants." Also your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west and to the east, to the north and the south. And in you and in your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Well, we've heard that before. This is the blessing of Abraham. And now it is coming directly from the Lord. Now Isaac prophesied some of this on Jacob, but now it's coming directly from the mouth of God. He said in verse 15, Behold, I'm with you. I will keep you wherever you go. I will bring you back to this land for I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. 
Then Jacob awoke from his sleep, and he said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. Well, let me tell you something. The Lord was everywhere, but he chose that place to appear to Jacob. Now, Jacob was very much moved by all of this. And when he had this encounter, he came back to God with a vow. And I want you to see it. And it's in verse 20. Then Jacob made a vow saying, If God will be with me and keep me in this way that I'm going and give me bread to eat and clothing to put on so that I come back to my father's house in peace. That's the thing that he wanted to see. That means that Ishmael has got to be pacified by that time. He said, Then the Lord shall be my God, and this stone which I have set as a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will surely give a tenth to you. Uh, the King James Bible uh, translates it correctly. It puts the definite article, the, there. I will give you the tenth, meaning that Jacob understood the principle of giving the tenth part, the first tenth to God. And this is something that happened before the law of Moses was given. This is hundreds of years before the law of Moses. So this idea of honoring God with your substance was something that even the patriarchs practiced before the law. Now, Jacob goes on into Haran or Padan Aram. Haran's the city, Padan Aram is the region where it is. So don't be confused when you see the different names. It'd be like saying, I'm going to Houston or I'm going to Texas. Well, Houston is in Texas, and one word is the city and the other word is the state. So Padan Aram is the region and the city is Haran. That's where he's going to go. Now, um, he goes there and he meets his mother's brother. This, this guy's name is Laban. And his mother's brother is a very shrewd and cunning guy. And here's the problem. Jacob has planted some seeds of his own because he deceived his father into thinking that he was Esau and got his father to prophesy to him to get the blessing. God could easily have told Isaac that it was Jacob in Esau's clothes. He did not do that because he wanted Jacob to, to get the blessing. But nonetheless, Jacob had broken a law here spiritually, so he has to reap a little bit of what he's sown. And so his father-in-law tricks him into marrying a woman that he didn't want to marry. He marries the oldest daughter, Leah, who was not nearly as good looking as Rachel, the one that Jacob wanted to marry. So he wound up having to work seven years for Leah and then another seven years to get Rachel. And uh, then he worked for six more years to get livestock from Laban. And uh, Laban cheated Jacob much of the time. And he changed his wages at least 10 times. And, but he had to admit this. He said in Genesis 30 and verse 27, I have learned by experience that the Lord has blessed me for your sake. Now here's what happened. In the beginning, uh, the, the, the number of animals that Laban had was not a great number. But when Jacob came there and was responsible for the herds, God multiplied those herds. So Jacob cut a deal with Laban because he felt like it was the only way that he could get 
uh, a fair shake. And so he said, I want you to let me have all of the animals that are spotted, striped, or multicolored animals. Let me have all those goats that, that have a, a, a speckled color. Well, in the beginning, most of the goats were solid. So J, uh, Laban is thinking, well, I'll do that deal all day long. I'll, 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 I'll come out on that. But what happened when they made the deal uh, God began to bless Jacob so that most of the goats that were born were born speckled and straked and so forth, and so he developed a huge herd. Now, he did some things by putting speckled rods in the places where the animals were breeding, and he thought that if they looked at something speckled, it would make them have speckled babies. And it's just, it's just an old wives' tale that he was following, and it, it didn't work. But God blessed him anyway. God blessed Jacob's animals. So when Jacob left Laban, they had a heated exchange. And Jacob reminded Laban about how unfair he had been. And he said, you've changed my wages ten times. You've cut my pay. But God spoke to Laban directly about Jacob. And this is what he said to him. He said to, to Jacob, Laban did, it is in my power to do you harm. But the God of your father spoke to me last night saying, be careful that you speak to Jacob neither good nor bad. In other words, don't try to talk him out of going home. Don't sweet talk him into staying here. And don't you threaten him. Now, during all of this, and for a good long season, Laban had drifted from the faith that the family had had. And the family had been worshipers of one true God. Now we see Laban, he becomes a very stingy man, a very selfish man. He doesn't have great possessions. And here's a hint. Uh, he says to Jacob in, in Genesis 31, 30, why did you steal my gods? Why did you steal my images? So by the time Jacob goes back, Laban and this family of one-time God worshipers has now become a family of idol worshipers themselves. And they fell prey to this because they were surrounded by people who worshiped idols. And so what I want you to see from all of this, and it's so incredibly important, is that in spite of the wickedness of Laban and in spite of his idolatry, God blessed Jacob. And the blessing of Abraham is so strong that even when you work for an employer whose heart is not right with God, God is willing to bless the company for your sake so he can get blessing to you. Don't curse the company you work for. Don't curse the city that you live in. Don't curse the area where you are. God wants to bless you in that place. When you begin to complain and talk about how evil it is, wicked it is, the judgment's going to fall on it, it all is going to go to hell in the handbasket, listen, you don't know. Let God work in that area. He might turn the whole thing around for your benefit. I have to tell you a quick story before we go for today. I was preaching... Uh, last summer in my home church. And uh, because of COVID, uh, we met on the town square in a big empty building, and I stepped out on the sidewalk of this storefront building that was elevated, and I preached on the radio to all of these dozens of cars that were gathered in the town square. 
we just use this empty building as a platform from which to preach. And the pastor told me the story of this empty building and how his church had come into possession of it. Years before, a young man had gotten saved. And this young man had done really well in the oil and gas business. And while he was prospering, he gave money to the church and he bought this building and gave the whole thing to the church. Now, I remember being in that town, serving God as a youth minister one night, and that young man was riding in the passenger seat, front seat of a car, and he pulled up beside me at a stoplight, and while we were there, I caught him out of the corner of the, my eye making an obscene gesture at me. And as I turned to look, he quickly changed, but... What I want you to see is this guy was not a good young man. He was kind of a punk. And I wouldn't have given you 50 cents for his chances of turning things around and getting right with God. But do you know what God did? God got a hold of that young man, turned his life around, and I got to preach in a building that he gave to the church. And he has since gone home to be with the Lord but what I want you to see is that don't curse the area where you are because it's amazing how God can turn people around. Who knows? That person that you think is completely hopeless may wind up being part of your ministry and someone who helps you follow God. Well, thank you for being a part of this. Again, be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, ring the bell to get notifications and hit the like button. And let somebody know about what's going on on this broadcast. We'll see you here tomorrow. Thank you.